as we approach the day of remembering the death and the resurrection of our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, today, in fact, is the Sunday before the resurrection Sunday is observed as Palm Sunday. The triumphal entry of Jesus Christ into Jerusalem that marks a significant event in the history. In the whole ministry of Lord Jesus Christ, I believe this is a very significant event as Lord God was entering into Jerusalem. You know, when he entered into Jerusalem, he knows fully in his heart, totally inside of him, he knew very well that this trip is going to end his life. And in this trip, he is going to give his life as a sacrifice for the sin of the humanity. You know, this story, in fact, is recorded in all the four Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the triumphal entry of our Lord Jesus Christ into Jerusalem. As I was preparing for the sermon, out of the, all the events that took place, since the time he entered into Jerusalem, and till the time, till the time he died at the cross, the cross stood out as an emblem of hope and redemption. The cross, the cross stood outside of all the events that took place as an emblem of hope and redemption of the mankind. So today I want to spend some time relating the cross to our lives. We are talking about the cross. This morning I want to relate the cross to our lives. And we want to see the hope and redemption that comes out through the cross. Where Jesus gave his life. So today morning I want to spend time relating the cross to our lives. What happened at the cross had happened in the Old Testament believers. For the Old Testament believers. What happened at the cross, listen to me carefully, what happened at the cross is still happening to you and to me. That's why Jesus said, take up the cross and follow me. Taking the cross and following Lord Jesus Christ is part of a Christian life. We read that in Matthew chapter 16 verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, what he has to do or she has to do, let him or her deny himself or herself and take up his cross or her cross and follow me. So cross cannot be totally separated from your life and my life. Cross is so related to Christianity, not as a religion per se, but to our lives. Cross is so related to our lives. You know, there are two different words. This morning I just want to introduce as we enter into the sermon. The first number, first word is shame. If you can repeat that with me, shame. The second word is victory. These are two words, shame and victory, that are related to the third word, cross. Shame and victory, both of these words, they are very related through the word cross. 
So this morning I'm trying to link all these three words together and titling my sermon as shame to victory through the cross. If you can say that with me, shame to victory through the cross. So that being our title, just want to talk a little bit about our Christian life. Our Christian life had never been so easy on the face of this earth. Always we have difficulties. Always, when I say we, I really referred the church. Always we have been having difficulties. Always we have struggles. Always we have disappointments. When you see the Old Testament days, we see slavery, we see bondage, we see captivity, we see persecution, isolation, torture and brutality. And people were at shame at times. And these have been the theme of many centuries in the Old Testament and even today that still continues. Shame has been the theme of many lives even today. Some of it is even experienced today physically. And many of it is really experienced spiritually and most of it is experienced emotionally. This morning if you understand what I'm talking about. The shame and the reproach that is attached to the cross is today's it is so felt by people of God, by the church of God. It is experienced physically, it is experienced spiritually, it is experienced even emotionally. In the moment you will understand what I'm talking about. People are even put to shame for their faith. Morning we are talking about shame to victory through the cross. Believers are put to shame in front of non-believers. When bad things happen to them, bad things happen to children of God, bad things do happen to the church of God. When such things happen, believers and you and I are put to shame in front of non-believers. The question is, can't shame be totally removed from a child of God, from the life of a child of God? Can't there be only victory always? Can the shame be totally removed? Now I was just trying to find an answer for that. The answer is, again, back to the cross. Cross is the answer. So I want to divide my sermon into four different segments. Number one, cross was a symbol of shame. Cross was a symbol of shame. Cross was considered as a symbol of shame in the olden days. Historically, the cross was invented by the Persians as an instrument for execution. And later on, the Roman Empire, they really used the cross to crucify all their criminals because the death at the cross, crucifixion was considered as the most humiliating and shameful way of bringing an end to a life. Crucifixion was really saved for the worst criminal because of the brutality and the shamefulness that is associated with the, 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 this procedure of crucifying someone at the cross. Crucifixion was really reserved for the worst criminals. You know, most of the times slaves were crucified, not the citizens. But the citizens are cruci even crucified, they are even, they deserve death, you know, when they commit serious crime against the Roman Empire. So cross was a symbol of shame. Cross was devised, devised as a method of execution, basically to prolong the suffering and the death of the victim. 
Victims would be hanging on the cross for hours together and even days together. And measures were put in place and they, you know, to lengthen the suffering of their victim by keeping them alive longer so that you know, they suffer. They really they go through the torture and it takes a long time for their life to come to an end. And eventually, the, as the hours go by, as the days go by, the bodies of the victim, they will shrink. And eventually, they die at the cross. Cross was a symbol of shame. Added to the shame was the curse that is attached to the cross. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Galatians 3, 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. There is a curse attached to the death. Somebody who is hung, who is hung at the cross. That means, you know, there is a curse already spelled over the life of the man or woman who is hanging at the cross. Those who are hanging at the cross, you know, they are cursed. They don't deserve to live. They deserve death. Jesus carried the symbol of shame. He was mocked by the Roman soldiers. You could imagine the shame and the reproach that came upon Jesus Christ as he was carrying the heavy cross. You know, not only cross brought shame, even when Jesus entered into Jerusalem. Bible called this as a triumphal entry of Lord God. But remember, Jesus was, Jesus was riding on an animal that was a donkey or a colt. That's not the way the kings and the emperors, they would enter the, into the city. Jesus took the simple, Jesus took the ordinary, the animal, what, what animal that was even considered as a symbol of shame. Jesus took shame upon himself. Cross was the symbol of shame. This morning we are talking about cross bringing us from shame to victory. What Jesus did at the cross brings brought his shame into victory and in the same way he is going to bring the shame that you and i are going through this morning into victory number two shame was part of the old testament believers this morning we are trying to relate cross to our own life you know this morning whenever when i share this sermon you know it may speak to you personally it may speak to you as a family together it may speak to you as a community it may speak to you as a church this morning Children of Israel, we are talking about number two, shame was part of the Old Testament believers. Children of Israel in Egypt, living in reproach and shame for 430 long years. That's what the Bible says. Exodus chapter 2 verse 23. At the end of this 430 long years, Exodus 2.23 says, Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage and they cried out and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. They started crying out to God for freedom, for redemption. They were doing it not just one day, two days, one year, two years. You know, they were doing it for hundreds of years. They were living in bondage, terrible bondage under the Egyptians. I want you to imagine 430 years. How many generations would have born in shame and died in shame? Remember they were God's own children. 
God brought them out of their nation through the promises that he gave to Abraham. Suffering and shame was part of the lives of Old Testament believers. The nation of Israel was known as slaves among all the other nations. Can you imagine? God's own nation, God's own special people, they were known as slaves among the other nations. As Jesus carried the cross and went through the shame, children of Israel went through the shame for such a long time. Shame is part of a child of God. You know, but their shame did not result forever. It really came to an end. Their shame resulted in victory when God sent Moses to take them out of the bondage and God took them through the process of exodus. Their shame came to an end. Let me quote one more example from the Old Testament. We know that very well. Joseph was put to shame by his brothers. I'm talking about shame is part of the Old Testament believers. And that talks to you and that talks to me today. Joseph was put to shame by his brothers. They rejected him. They ridiculed him. They in fact wanted to kill him. And then finally they decided to throw him into a pit. Remember Joseph. His father Jacob. He was, Joseph was a very beloved son for Jacob. Because Joseph was Jacob's old age son. And also remember Joseph was the eldest son of Jacob's favorite wife Rachel. Now out of this love, Jacob made a tunic of many colors and gave that to Joseph. And this preferential treatment caused jealousy among Joseph's elder brothers. And also if you remember Joseph saw two dreams and he shared the dreams on the dining table and Joseph's brothers did not like the dream and they decided to kill Joseph they threw him into the pit and eventually they sold him to, a, to the Midianites who in turn sold Joseph to the Ishmaelite caravans as they were heading to Egypt that's how Joseph ended up being in Egypt and the brothers of Joseph, they took Joseph's tunic and they killed the goat, uh, goat and they dipped the Joseph's tunic in the blood of the goat and presented it to Jacob and said, your son has died. He is no more. And Jacob was mourning for Joseph for years and years together. And later he, Joseph ended up being in Egypt and he ended up being in the prison for a crime that he never committed in his lifetime. We are talking about the shame that was upon the Old Testament people of God. His life was filled with shame until God lifted him up to the second level of Pharaoh. Second in command to Pharaoh. His shame changed into victory as Jesus went through the shame of the cross. The Old Testament saints also they went through the shame. Early church, think about the early church in the book of Acts. They went through shame and persecution for the faith they had in Lord God. And same is happening even today. It's happening even today. So shame was part of the Old Testament believers. Shame was part of the New Testament believers too. Let me enter into, my, into the third title of my, subtitle of my sermon. 
Shame is part of our lives. Can you say that? Can you just read that with me? Shame is part of our lives. Morning, I want to talk to you for a moment. Shame is part of every Christian life. I want you to imagine how many times you would have encountered shame personally in your life. Many times we are ashamed and we are humiliated in front of people. I want you to just think about it. You know, I could think of those situations, those moments in my life. And I want you to just imagine and think about, you know, some of you may be going through shame even today. You're talking about the shame that is attached with the cross. And in a moment, we'll talk about the victory that God is going to give us. So do not lose heart. Let's try to understand the shame that we are living in today. In your student lives, in your workplaces, by your in-laws, by your in-laws' families, by your friends and relatives, many times you were you, you are, you are put to shame. There is no doubt about it. Some of you may say that to me from my childhood onwards, I've been struggling. You may be saying that my situation made me to stand in front of people folding my hands because I had anything else to say. Many times people looked at me so low. Many times people try to take advantage over my life. You know, this morning I believe I'm talking to somebody. There are times people who just rode over our lives. People took advantage over our lives. And when we speak, no one values. And our voice has no value in our family. This morning you may be saying that. Many times you say that. I've been considered as an object of shame. Shame is part of your life. And my life. Some of you may be saying that it is in my family. And my cousins are doing well. My brothers and sisters, and they are all doing well. But I'm still living in shame. I'm still struggling. Some of you may be saying that I have been separated with, from my parents. I've been separated from my child, from my husband. I am living just all alone. I'm just by myself in this nation. I don't have anyone to care for me. There are times when everything is going well, people come around me. But when I'm in distress, when I'm in agony, when I'm going through pain, I don't have anybody who can understand me. That's the cry of your heart this morning. God is speaking to you. It's not new for your God because he had already gone through it. Shame was part of his life when he was carrying the cross. I believe he thought of you. I believe he thought of you. In fact, he was trying to spell your name out loud because he remembered you so well when he was carrying that cross. Some of you are saying that when everyone is working from home in this situation, I already lost my job. What a shame, Lord, on me. Everything happens to unbelievers, to non-Christians on time. But in my case, every time there is a delay, things won't go well at all. That is the cry of your heart this morning. I'm talking to you this morning. And this is what God wants me to share with you. Some others are saying, in my own town, in my own village, in my own street, all of them have already settled well. Only my family is struggling. That's a cry of your heart. Even at this age, I'm still struggling to settle down in this nation. I came to this nation years before, years before, but still I'm struggling for my life in this nation. 
We have become a shame for our nation. We don't want to go back to our own country. We don't want to even talk to them. We don't want to be in touch with those people because we have become a shame among the people. Even some of our non-Christian friends are asking us, where is your God? Every Sunday you go to church, every time you go to prayer, every time you cry out to God, where is your God now in this situation? I believe you are exactly praying like the psalmist prays in Psalm 79 verse 4. This is what is your prayer. This is what is the cry of your heart every night. Psalm 79 verse 4. He's saying, he's crying out to God, we have become a reproach, a criticism. We have become a criticism to our neighbors. A scorn or a mockery and a derision or laughter to those who are around us. You know, this is what is our life exactly. When people think about us, the first thing they do is they just laugh. They just laugh. Those moments we were standing in front of them, those moments, you know, we, we end up in begging them, we end up in asking their help, asking their support. Those moments come in their lives and they just laugh at them. The question is, why, Lord? Why, Lord, I'm going through all this? This morning, all that I can comfort you with the word of God the Lord is watching your situation. He's counting your tears. And I believe the time is coming. God is going to lift you up. The shame that Jesus took on the cross, it did not last more than three days. The shame that children of Israel, they, were encounter, they encountered, that did not last forever. God brought them out of the situation. The shame that Joseph went through with, that did not last forever. God brought him out. God lifted him up. I want to read a scripture for you this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 12. 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 12 says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. This scripture can be interpreted this way. This scripture can be read this way. God is telling you, do not curse yourself. God is telling you this morning, just do not curse what had happened in your life. Just do not speak bad things over your life. That's what, that's, that's what I could read from the scripture. Let's read it again together, whether it sounds the same or not. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. It's not your problem. You think that many times it is your problem. You messed up your life. No, it's not your problem. There are times you did so, but then... Overall, if you look at, if you turn back, it's not your problem. Your persecution is the shame that you are trying to handle today. Jesus, when he was, he walked towards Mount Golgotha carrying the cross. He went through exactly what you are going through. He is comforting you this morning. He is telling you, my daughter, do not cry. When he cried out, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? He thought of you, dear sister, dear brother. He thought of you. That's the reason. It's not just because of the pain and agony and the separation, not just that alone. He just thought of the situation that you are trying to deal with. And he remembered you. And then he cried out to his father, my father, my father. I have been the protection. I have been the covering for the people. Where will they go? Why have you forsaken me? Shame is part of our lives. But the cross, 
But the death on the cross turned to victory. The shame of the cross turned to a major victory. Death was defeated. Shame was lifted off. And the enemy's head was crushed at the cross. This morning I want to take you to the fourth level. Number four, after the shame, there is victory. Then we are going to pray in a moment. After the shame, there is victory. When Jesus died at the cross, his rivals were so satisfied for the, in, for the insult and shame and the pain and eventually the death that they could cause, they could cause to our Lord Jesus Christ. They were so satisfied. I believe that they had a good sleep at that night, but I don't think so. For them, the cross was a symbol of shame. They never realized in what way God is going to turn the shame into victory. They never thought of it. They just buried his body and they thought, they put a stone and sealed the tomb and they thought it is all done. You know, exactly that's what people are thinking about you. They think that everything is done already. How can she come up in his career? How can she come up in his life? How can someone come up in his, in a, as a family that he could ever live on the face of this earth? They never realized in what way cross is going to turn the situation around. All they could see is the one side of the cross. The pain, the agony, and the disappointment, and the failure, and the shame, and the sorrow, and the loss. That's what they could see. All that they could see is one side of the cross. And this morning I want to turn your attention to see the other side of the cross. They never realized that the another side of the cross, there is another side to the cross. And if you see the other side of the cross, that is going to bring life and victory. Hope and redemption that are there in the other side of the cross. When Jesus rose from the dead, the shame of the cross turned into victory. As the prophet Isaiah spoke, you won't read these prophetic words. Isaiah, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures this morning just to give out the scripture so that that scripture may bless you, not just my, my word. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 8. I'm reading from King James. He will swallow up the death into in victory. He will swallow, reading from King James again, he will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces. And the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth. For the Lord hath spoken it. He will swallow up death in victory he will swallow up death in victory three days before I want you to imagine what happened to Lord God three days before he was beaten up he was crowned with a crown of thorn he was mocked he was spat and he was ridiculed now he has taken victory over everything all the shame that he went through at that moment when he was walking towards the, to Mount Golgotha. He took victory over everything in his life. Now there is a truth. That's what I, I'm driving you to. There is a truth God wants you to appropriate in your life this morning as you, heard, as you are listening to me. Listen to me. This is the truth. If the shame of children of Israel resulted in victory that came through Pharaoh 
If the shame of Joseph resulted in victory when he was made second next to Pharaoh, if the shame of the cross is made a victory through resurrection, God is able and more than able to turn your shame into victory. I would say that again. This is the truth. If the shame of the children of Israel resulted in victory that came through Pharaoh, if the shame of Joseph resulted in victory when he was made the second next to Pharaoh, if the shame of the cross is made a victory through the resurrection, God is able and he is more than able to turn your shame into victory. God is able to give victory to us through Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 57. Shall we read that together? 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where that victory came from, that came from shame. And when the shame approached the cross, the shame was turned into victory. That's what I'm talking about this morning. Your situation is not going to be the same forever. Your situation is going to change. As you trust in God, He's going to wipe away your tears. You know, this is a prophetic word this morning for you. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 20. And these are the scriptures you need to write it down and just you need to pray over. I don't have any other prophecy other than the word of God, other than the giving the word of God to you this morning. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 20. Your sun shall no longer go down, nor shall your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light and the days of your mourning shall be ended. The days of your mourning shall be ended. Isaiah again says, God is going to every change, every low into high. Let's read the scripture together. Isaiah 61 verse 3. Isaiah 61 verse 3. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he may be glorified. You know what God is saying? The cross. Or the work at the cross is going to trade your ashes for beauty. Ashes, they refer to the things that you, you curse, in fact, in your life. The things that you, you feel bad. Why, Lord God, you created me with this? They represent the ashes. And God is going to change the situation in your life. Because he did that for Jesus Christ. He did that for Joseph. He did that for the children of God, children of Israel. And he is going to change your ashes for beauty. He is going to trade your mourning with oil of joy. He is going to trade your heaviness for the garment of praise. What a God we serve. This morning God wants you to take courage, take strength. Write Isaiah 61.3 in your Bible and ask God, Lord, if you can do it for your people, if you can do it for Joseph, Lord, if you yourself went through that path, Lord God, do it for me. Do it for me. If you can turn back to God and ask him to transform your situation, he will do it. Because he has promised in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. 
Paul writes saying that I has not seen. Can you read that with me? I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. As long as you love God, as long as you set your love upon him, God will do it for you. When God does that, when God changes your shame into victory, every eye is going to say and every see that and every tongue is going to confess that it is a work of the Lord in your life. You know, that's the reason God is taking you to through this path and eventually everything will work out for the glory of God. Everything, everything will work out as a testimony for the glory of God. Finally, in cross, a symbol of shame that could be changed to a sign of victory. So there is hope. There is hope. There is still hope for your life. This morning, shall we just pray for a moment? I believe God has spoken to you. Just wherever you are, just close your eyes.